one. Blog Talk Radio. You cannot get rid of tyranny by fighting tyrants. For a very good reason. Tyranny doesn't exist independently of something else, which is more important. There is a something else which has to be defined before you know what tyranny is. What's that? It's opposite. Prison. Get a friend. Get informed. And get involved. We are not cattle radio. That's right, everyone. Welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. It is, well, not Atlanta. I should just start saying, coming to you live from the area that The Walking Dead is filmed in. Maybe that'll get me some more listeners. But I am at ground zero of where The Walking Dead apocalypse happens, right down here in Sonoya, Georgia. And it is tax day! It's the greatest day of the year, or the greatest con of the year, excuse me. The greatest con in the history of cons, uh, backed up by um, people in black uniforms and SWAT teams and and jail time, if you don't believe it. So buy into it, everybody. It's all there. It's, it's, it's legal, I promise you. I actually just got done watching a... Uh, a cliff, and I might want to go to this first. I'm going to have my friend Sean joining me on the show here in a little bit. Um, but uh, I, my first clip is just going to be brilliant. It's a um, super con job. But anyway, oh, where to begin? It's been a while. Sorry, everybody, that I missed the show last week. Um, Josh Wiley actually came down to see me in the flesh, and um, we debated on doing a... Um, a non-sober podcast, and that debate got uh, rapidly thrown out the window because we're here to try to inform people, try to present a different perspective than left-right. The reason I always put my show, or most of the time put my show in politics conservative, is because you guys are the ones that almost have it. You want freedom, but you want the government to give it to you, and it's just not going to happen. You can really want it, but it's just not going to get there. So, the reason for the show, everyone, it started out as a, as kind of a wake-up beacon to try to get people to pay attention to the things that are happening outside of the, of the uh, media cycle. And we don't talk about the actual mainstream media too much anymore on the show. It's, it's the media cycle. It's what um, gets everybody up in a fervor on social media, uh, the water cooler, things like that. And we're going to give you nice, easy tools to, you know, go in and, and um, make sure that you're armed with some semblance of the truth. And when we talk about truth, it's very, um, it's not very subjective, really. Like the video I saw earlier, it's, it's not really telling you the truth at all. It just basically says that the, that the Federal Reserve Act legalized the income tax, which is not the case at all. But, you know, He's a professor, and he just tells you that made it constant. It made it constitutional. It's totally constitutional for you to pay an income tax. Where he just oh, it's it's awesome. So anyway, back to the the idea of the show because we do have new listeners every week, and thank you all for sharing the message of um, what I try to to get out here, and that's that we're all individuals on this planet 
in deep space, surrounded by a bunch of rocks that could hit us at any time and ruin our existence, but yet we fight over petty crap. We fight over whether the government should be involved in gay marriage. But why is the government involved in marriage in the first place? Shouldn't the relationship between me and some other creature, whether it's a human being or some other thing, shouldn't that between be between me and that other person? Now, the Indians seem to think so. Now, and, I, and I'm just, I, I've gotten into um, some Native American philosophy, so um, that's kind of where I got that little piece from. But the idea, the idea that we fight over petty nonsense, and the idea that we have people in suits and people behind TV screens or TV sets, you know, uh, reading you lines of propaganda, getting you to fight over stuff and not getting you to look at the big picture and not getting you to understand why all of this crazy stuff is going on. Could you imagine if we decided as a species and said, wait a minute, I tell you what, let's stop killing everybody. Everybody stop killing each other for like five years and let's figure out how to go to space. And I tell you what, Iran, you guys can get your own planet. We'll give everybody their own planet. It'd be great. Everybody can get their own planet. You guys can build your own weapons and try to blow each other up or do whatever. That's fine. But we sit here on planet Earth while we absolutely ruin the habitat that we've, uh, that we've actually been so luckily to be a part of. Ruin it every day. And... Then we have politicians and media get us to fight over stuff that doesn't even matter. And then when we try to point out gaping holes in the system, like, hey, you're free, and, and you don't have to really pay taxes, but if you, if you, if you don't, we're going to throw you in jail. And if you write a book about how there's no law to make you pay taxes, we're going to throw you in jail. And just like my buddy Adam Kokesh, if you write a book entitled Freedom, and try to get somebody in jail to order it from you. <laughs> oh, sir, this is, um, this is dangerous material. You cannot have that. It is dangerous to the stability. I can't remember what the exact terms were, but it was the stability of, um, of the system. I was like, oh my gosh, like he's stepping out of it big time here. So um, I got my friend Sean going to try to join me. We're having some, um, having some technical issues here, I guess. Um, if you can, uh, if you guys want to participate in the broadcast, which once again, it is, and I haven't said this in a while because I kind of get on my little, my soapbox or whatever you want to call it, and I don't sit here and rant like, like Alex Jones and try to get you to feel like the, like the government's going to come and kill you tomorrow, but I do want you to be aware that any time that anybody in government says that they're going to do something for you, it's probably not going to work out in your favor. I'm just going on history and statistics and, you know, that stuff that doesn't really matter. Because if it feels good, if the government says something to me that feels good, oh, it feels really good. Like nationalized health care, that feels really good. Yeah, it feels great. I think we got him now. It feels absolutely fantastic. Until, look at what's happening now. Oh, and it's so much fun, though. But it's so fun to believe the government, believing in this idea of the anointed or the um, the appeal to authority. And everybody study up on your logical fallacies, because that's a big one. The appeal to authority that we believe that somebody somewhere has got it all figured out. And we just got to listen to that person. So 
That's where your central planners come in. They come in with their con game that, hey, you know what? We can run this economy better than you can. And kind of why we got the Federal Reserve Act of 1913, um, because they decided they were going to propose a solution that that they kind of manufactured. And when I say kind of, I mean J.P. Morgan sold off all of its short sales and called everything in and basically bankrupted the nation. And then said, we got it. We got it fixed. Tell you what. If we had a private bank, this would all be solved. And lo and behold, we are here. Actually, the Federal Reserve celebrated their 100-year charter last year. Bravo, guys. Bravo. Can we not renew that? Oh, nope. Too late. I don't think we have renewed it, but that doesn't matter. You know what? There's no law telling you to pay income tax, but we all do it anyway. So, you know what? We're all a bunch of chumps. We're actually not a bunch of chumps. We just understand that if we do go against that facet of the government, once again, the private Federal Reserve is not part of the government. It is a, it is a offshoot of the government. It is a, what, a, what is the fancy term that Alan, oh, let's let Alan Greenspan tell us what that is. Let's see if I got that clip here still. Uh, nope, Al Gorn, Alan let's see. Uh, excuse me for a moment. I'm going to pull up my friend Sean here, and we're going to have some chats. I've got some really great clips lined up for you guys. So once again, thanks for tuning into the show. Share the show with people you love, people you like. And you know what? If you know somebody that really loves them, some government, send it to them too. Maybe we can kind of convert somebody into, uh, I don't know, a free thinker. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. So here we are on Wage Slave Day, and I'm going to pull him up right now. Let's see. Sean, are you there, sir? Hey, how's it going, Jake? Yeah, doing well, man. It's a uh, great audio, by the way. Look at us. You look like you're a high-class yeah. operation over here now. So what, how, how yeah, is your... How, the old MacBook here. How is the old, uh, how is the old slave holiday working for you? You doing all right? Uh, just like any other day, I guess, uh... Enjoying my servitude as much as possible. <laughs> uh, the system loves you, though, Sean. Remember that. It just wants to give you a big hug and give you free goodies. That's all it wants, really, at the end of the day, right? Well, yeah, well, I'm paying for it, so. <laughs> well, I can't find my Alan Greenspan clip where he talks about the Federal Reserve is not part of the government at all. It is a independent agency. That's what he calls it. There we go. Sorry, couldn't get all my uh, my ducks in a row here, and I'm I'm way behind the curve. I had to uh, had to help my daughter get situated, and she's still not situated. So God bless my wife for for wrangling that little one down tonight. So uh, what's going on in your world, man? How's um any any um any ideas coming down the chute? There was a there was a protest in Atlanta. Did anybody get to that today from our little group? Um, not that I knew of, and in fact, I, I didn't even know that that was going on, so I oh. mean, I, I'm completely missed that memo. Yeah, sorry about that. It got kind of pushed to the, um, the old We Are Change Atlanta group, I guess. Sorry, oh, we're playing, sorry we're playing back office stuff here in front of you guys, so live radio, enjoy it. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> they were going to do a, um, there was an In the Fed rally, they had, um, had some, uh, had a musician there, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But I've heard some of his tracks before. He's pretty good. And then we're going to have some guest speakers, you know, the normal stuff to try to get people to get out of their coma and say, hey, wait a minute, maybe this isn't such a, maybe uh, central banking isn't such a good idea. So um, 
So while I'm getting my soundboard pulled up, and good gosh, this is what was taking me forever in a, in a moment, because I'm, as I'm sitting here stammering around trying to get everything loaded. Um, so what what's on your mind, man? What's a, are you uh, are you going down the the Alex Jones, Jade Helm conspiracy theory realm? Like that we're all going to get brown bagged or you know black bagged or whatever it's called in the next couple of weeks? Or what's a, what's up with you, man? Um, honestly, man, you, you're the, one of the first ones that brought Jade Helm to my attention when we were talking about, you know, what you might be talking about last week. And, uh, I, I just really try to avoid any kind of like fear mongering stuff like that. Cause like on it, like, honestly, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, if something's going to happen, what can I really do about it at this point? I'm prepared for certain situations and beyond that, what's the point of being afraid, you know? Well, that's the that's the whole pitch, man, is that, um, and, and God bless Alex Jones for a lot of different reasons, but, I mean, you do do some breaking journalism and stuff, but he does throw a little bit of fear porn out there, and, and I understand the reason behind the fear porn is to try to get people to understand that, hey, the government's not your buddy. Anytime that a politician tells you they're going to do something, they're probably going to stab you in the back. You know, that kind of stuff to kind of get people down a, a talk track or at least a, a mentality of thinking of freedom. But right. um, it, it, it'll jolt you awake with that kind of, uh, you know. Yeah. And that's that what he and, and that really is what he's good for. And right. when he starts when he starts taking Quigley's work and stuff like that out of context by using, you know, none dare call it conspiracy because I read that book. It's like 150 pages. It's pretty decent. But the fact of the matter is that he takes, you know, you're reading Quigley's work right now on Tragedy and Hope. He takes a lot of it out of right. context in order to fit this kind of. That fit this kind of mold, just like the John Birch Society does as, as well, and um, it really doesn't. It really doesn't do well for people like myself that are really looking for for liberty and freedom, and to secure some type of, you know, some type of, I guess, relationship in the future between my child and and the future inhabitants of this planet. Because if we keep leaning on government and the bureaucracy to, to solve all of our problems, then we are in a world of trouble. Yes, sir. All right, let's see. We've got... Amen to that. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got my soundboard up now, finally. So um, now I've got to get my other clip together. So here, let's go to... Um, I, I do want to get some your take on some of these things. Um, I, I do have some news out there that uh, that I thought would be interesting. Um this was back a couple of weeks ago, and there's this has been kind of cropping up. So I'm, you know, looking at the news cycle, and I'm seeing things like this crop up. Where the Daily Mail had an article today, and um, and I know I don't know how far you've gotten into the to uh, understanding what the government can and can't do, but uh, just so everybody knows as a baseline that. Um, whether they call it geoengineering, weather modification, chemtrails, whatever, that actually does exist. There are programs developed by the government and that go on right now. And in the 1970s, they had a UN treaty that outlawed weather modification as a form of weaponry for um, for each individual nation state. And I did a um, I did a big um, oh my audio is breaking. Is it ducking or is it breaking up? Um. I'm not. I'm not sure. I know the technical difference between the two. <laughs> All right. Does it start? Um, I mean, does it does it just getting choppy, or does it start out really yeah, low? Yeah, it's, cho- it's choppy. Oh, that's because yeah. I was pulling up a tab. Is it better now? Yeah, it does sound a little better. Okay, good. Sorry. Yeah, that's because I've got all these stupid tabs open. But anyway, 
the the idea that um, the weather modification goes on. Um, you know, I did an, an entire show on that where I broke down legitimate documentation from whether it's the Council on Foreign Relations, uh, the documentary um, on China actually creating um, this big snowstorm in the middle of January to, or July to get ready for the Winter Olympics. So this kind of stuff does go on. So the fact of the matter is, is a lot of the public is really naive to certain things. And it's not that, you know, bad on you, shame on you, but it's just like, hey, we need to kind of think of, um, need to kind of think of the fact that we are in 2015 and some really crazy stuff is out there. And there's some here. This is actually the best way to describe it. There's a vast ocean of shit that you people don't know shit about. That is pretty much <laughs> the best way to describe it. So anyway, moving, yeah. moving forward, um, this is an article from the Daily Mail that came out today. And it says, will a volcanic um, eruption destroy humanity? Scientists warn that they could be preparing for an explosive global catastrophe. And it's the same, you know, 5 to 10% probability that there's going to be a large volcanic eruption. Well, you know, this, this kind of leads into this idea that I've debunked a couple of times. And it's not trying to say that you shouldn't be, like, like Sean says, there, you shouldn't be not thinking about this stuff. But then again... You shouldn't you shouldn't cry yourself to sleep or lose sleep over this stuff either because there's really nothing at the end of the day that we can do about it. But this kind of yields to the the theory that um, that Thomas Sowell touted about scientists and and the way that they get funding and it typically is the scientists that can come out with the most outlandish prediction or the biggest um, biggest thing to scare the public or to jolt somebody is going to be the one that gets the funding. And, um, and I think that that's what a lot of this story is because, you know, five to 10% chance that's pretty probable. But then again, you know, what does that mean for us as humans? I mean, if, if Yellowstone erupts tomorrow, goodbye, pretty much everybody that doesn't live in like Georgia, Florida and Colorado or, um, or Cuba because the volcanic ash will take over everywhere. and We'll be under like, I mean, even even like the entire United States will be covered in ash for like three years. So the idea that we should get really scared of this stuff is it's kind of silly. But then again, it's these things need to be discussed because when I see something like this, it makes me think about an article that I read a couple of weeks ago. And the article is this is not the original source, but it actually does. Um, oh, hold on a second. Are you there, Sean? Am I still on? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Could not, could not find the site. Oh, that's great. So anyway, it was an article out of World Net Daily um, back in March of this year. But what? It, and not that I trust World Net Daily as a giant source of you know a plethora of information that is completely valid because it does have a little bit of right wing tendencies, and they love them some. They do love them some John Birch Society. But anyway, all that stuff being aside. Uh, it was talking about how there's a there's a Russian military strategist that said that one of the best ways to absolutely eliminate the United States would be to detonate a nuke in Yellowstone and a couple of other areas, and that would cause volcanic eruptions, massive earthquakes. So that's why these things seem kind of creepy to me when they mention stuff like this. When you've Definitely, already got yeah. yeah, so when you got somebody in the military saying that hey, you know, if we did this to the United States, they'd be totally screwed. And, you know, then you have it come out a couple of weeks later, once again, watching the news cycle, not necessarily the news, but watching, you know, why the timing of this article, why now it was about um, it was almost like I said a month ago. 
So it keeps putting this idea out there that it could be possible. So, so Sean, what do you know about all this stuff, or do you know anything about it? Because I'm, I'm just kind of given a high level here. What do you think when you hear stuff like that? When you hear a Russian military strategist say that one of the best ways to take out America would be to detonate a nuke in Yellowstone? I mean, it totally sounds like a psychological operation that's, you know, ongoing. You know, plant, plant a bit of information here on tectonic studies going on in Yellowstone mm-hmm. National Park and mm-hmm. then, you know, uh, release this information from, you know, top general and, and the, or whatever, you know. Like, it, it all just seems like it's this self-feeding cycle that, that I guess you and, uh, you and uh, Josh have been talking about, you know. And you win the prize. So it is, it really is. It's one of these ideas that they distract you with with big diversions and they get you into this idea in panic. And then they, they do behind the scenes deals. And, you know, I don't put it past anything. I mean, we've got our American generals, you know, sitting up on, on, um, on television saying the only way to, uh, to really get Russia to back down is to start killing a bunch of Russians, so many that they can't even, you know, discount how many are going back in body bags. I mean, just really weird rhetoric now. It's not even, like, strategic. There's no there's no real strategic, you know, rhetoric to anything that the United States are... And now it just sounds like the rush is kind of falling into that trap as well, going very, very extreme. But um, at the end of the day, what we're looking at is, is a foreign policy here in America, a foreign policy abroad... That has been based on that has been based on intimidation. It has been based on power grabs, and it has also been based on gaining of of um, materials, whether those are raw materials over in um, you know the Middle East or uh, North Africa. There's still the sketchiest Ebola outbreak in the entire world, you know, around a diamond mine and um, a couple of gold mines. So the idea that we're running into this this giant headlong war. Um, I just don't see it manifesting. I mean, we, we live in, and I know this is crazy, people, but um, check your figures. We actually do live in the most peaceful time that the Earth has ever seen as far as killing people goes. So we're getting there as a species. Now, whether or not these psychopaths that actually run stuff are going to screw it up for us, yeah, that's a whole different story. So let me look at some other clips I got for you, and then I'll, um, I'll uh, see what you got here. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so I do want to talk a little bit about this because your girl Hillary has decided she's going to run, Sean. So I, I know you got your flags ready. I, I know you're ready to get out there. But um, wh- what would you say to the American people that are that are really on the Hillary bandwagon right now? I mean, I usually try to... Uh avoid conversation with people that use such little logic. I mean, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't really honestly even know anybody that would consider voting for her in my personal life at all. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing is that there is nobody, Sean. But once again, it's the hype right, machine. You know? It is the hype machine yeah. that is pushing this idea that, oh, Hillary's, Hillary's the front, front runner. She's, I mean, she's going to come out and do it. And a lot of people do side with them on, you know, and it, and it's the people that just still play party, man. They still play, um, they still play uh, blue shirt, red shirt. You know, I got the blue shirt on. I'm for, 
equal rights for people and animals and tax me into oblivion and we got to save the earth and carbon tax me and all that and all that good stuff and then you have the people on the right that just want want war and want a want a bible and and a gun and i really oversimplified that but you know we do know people of all those different factions so but the idea that hillary is this um is this uh New age of of Democrat. I think that the American people, at least a a large majority, are just they don't want a dynasty. They're tired of the Clintons. They're tired of the Bushes. They want to at least try something new. I mean, we tried Barack Obama. I hope so. Man. I hope so. Well, I mean, you and I both know what election, elections really are. I mean, it, it's not right. about. Well, yeah, go ahead, man. I I just, I just hope we're not gonna I like you know the voting public isn't going to like welcome such a you know like such a dynasty you know back into the uh, white house it's just crazy to me man well once again it, it depends on how you get the hype machine going and and that's what it's all about right. it's all about momentum if you if you watch house of cards it's a pretty decent depiction about what goes on it's just a it's about momentum it's about saying the right things it's about having your your strategy it's all about rhetoric, and, and, right? And I mean, if you if you look at how the playing stands, I mean, you got Jeb Bush, you got Rand Paul, you know, the uh, the uh, middle ground Republican guy. Um, you you know, you have people like uh, I don't know. There's some there's some interesting figures on the left as well, and um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a very interesting playing field, and I know they got some uh, some wacky stuff lined up for us in this election cycle, you know. Well, and and you're right when you when you come to the idea that that these that that politicians care. I mean, that's the the one thing. Even the people that love love them, some Rand Paul, you got to realize that that politicians and and once again, I'll go back to it because it's a it's pretty well done. Because I've worked for people that were, and actually, I don't know if you if you knew him or not. I won't mention any names, but it was a guy that was at um, Atlanta Music Liberty Fest that gave a big speech, and about how he wasn't on the right wing or the left wing. He was the bird that flew right in the middle, and then he ends up selling out to a, he ends up running and selling out into a Democratic, a Democratic group because that's where the money was and he wants to win and that's what it typically turns into it's not about doing this for country it's not about patriotism it's not about you know being a statesman like somebody like a Ron Paul whether you like his politics or not the guy was pretty pretty close to about you know they got him for like crooked toenails like oh my god he flew first class like really <laughs> Joe Biden gives his son a damn gas company and you guys are worried about this guy flying first class? Give me a break. Oh, excuse me. He didn't give him a gas company. He put him on the board of a gas pipeline company that they took over in the Ukraine. But that's a whole different story. That's not even, yeah, don't even talk about that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so the so the idea that we have politicians that really care for us is a, um, is a logical fallacy in and of itself. I don't know what it is, but it's got to be somewhere somehow, because there these people don't care about you, everybody. I am sorry to break your heart, but they don't care about you. They care about winning votes. They care about staying in office, and that is what it's all about. And so, until we get this idea of government out of our head that government can change things, especially big government, where 
You you look at um you look at what Ronald Reagan's committee found out in the 1980s about your income tax that you paid today. Good for you guys. Guess what? A third of that is going to be lost in just miscellaneous nonsense. It's just going to be lost. So this big number they're touting out about, they go, oh, I got $1.4 trillion this year. Great. Where'd it go? I don't know. A third of it goes to waste right off the, right off the rip. So, so we don't have an efficient system to begin with. Uh, people don't understand black budgets. They don't understand that the government doesn't tell you everything that it's doing all the time, nor does it tell you that it runs drugs to get other money to fund operations overseas. I mean, there is a whole bunch. Of, and that was actually um, something that Josh and I did when he was up. Have you ever, um, I don't know if you're a big movie watcher or, or not, Sean, but have you oh, ever definitely, yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Two Guns? Have you ever seen that? Oh, uh, that one I've not seen. No, that is a recommend. That is a we are not cattle recommended show. If you want to understand how the CIA and the FBI and the DEA kind of operate, and like the the little shell games that go on, it's got Mark Wahlberg in it and Denzel Washington, and and it is um, it is pretty spot on from all the books that I've read and and about how all the spy games and stuff like that works out. It shows everything. So I won't give anything away, but. You gotta check it out, and once you check it out, ping me, and we'll we'll chat about it. It'll be it'll be something it'll be something definitely interesting to see. But um, let's see what what clip do I want to go to here? Because I didn't want to <laughs> talk about Hillary. I just can't talk about her anymore. She's oh here 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 here. All right, so this is good. Um, just to show you guys how much Hillary Clinton loves you, um, Hillary Clinton. Sorry, I'm consulting. Uh, I'm going to steal a line from from No Agenda Radio once again. If you guys do not listen to No Agenda podcast, you're missing out. It is fantastic. Hillary Clinton, Southern draw. Here you go. So this is. Uh, hey, let me know the last time you heard uh, Hillary Clinton sound like this, Mr. Sean. This is beautiful. Well, over the weekend, Senator Clinton and her campaign took a trip down south, and apparently, so did her accent. Listen to this. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. And the chair of all the mayors in the country, Mayor Palmer from Trenton, New Jersey. When's the last time you heard Miss Hillary talk like that, buddy? I, that that I, it doesn't even hardly sound like her, man. That's ridiculous. Talk <laughs> about pandering. <laughs> Dude, like, is her soul just made of lies? I don't know. Man. No, no, no. I've heard some interesting stories about her um, through. Oh my. Oh, dude, it's dude. She loves you. She just wants to. She wants to give you a big hug, Sean. So, so now that we got the Hillary Clinton and um, the idea of voting people, the idea, and this is to put a uh, to put a cap on it. The idea of electing people to go and represent you and your thoughts and your beliefs is a joke. The idea to have do, some... Do you think it's coercion to, uh, to even put in a bid to Absolutely. get someone to go? And... Absolutely yeah, I mean, it is. Absolutely. Uh, and... You know, a lot of the principled anarchists, libertarians, you know, the super principled ones, they're, they're going to, uh, you know, object to it on a moral, you know, ground. Uh, 
just by even if you're voting no against you know against the uh you know lesser of two evils no against a certain candidate in mm-hmm. fa- in favor of one mm-hmm. you know if you lose you're still legitimate even if you win you're legitimizing the system or whatever you know that's like, correct that's the hard line like uh you know anarchist take on it you should and, see you should see people's face when i tell them i don't vote yeah they're like but jake you're so you're so involved with activism how do you not vote because i i I don't vote for slave masters i am my own free human i don't have to vote for slave masters as soon as like you said as soon as you as soon as you opt into the system the system owns you so whether you whether and you know like i said the reason that i pay income tax is not because is not because I, I think that it's that it's lawful or that it's justified. The reason I do it is because I don't want people with guns showing up at my house threatening to take me to jail. So at some point you have to, like you said, you have to draw the line. But I think that if we come to this idea of principle, and, and that's what the shh, let's let's get philosophical. That's what the founding fathers of this nation thought, at least. The, a vast majority. Ben Franklin and the, a couple of the other guys can go screw because they were just they were just douchebags. But uh, oh my god, I'm probably going to get assassinated by like the right wing extremists tomorrow, thinking that Ben Franklin was this great guy. No, he wanted to sell you guys out like right off the jump. Like he wanted everybody to go to Philadelphia and say like, hey, hey, this Constitution stuff. Nah, 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 it's gonna, nah, no, let's just look. Let's just write the king. We'll tell him we're tell him we're sorry, and we'll we'll pay some reparations, and we'll be in good shape. So don't don't really don't really like him too much, but people like Patrick Henry and people, you know, I mean, people like that—the ones that really did understand liberty and understood like that that we can have free association and not have coercion. Those are the people that really did get it. And so now we're in a system that that all it is is coercion, like you said, the threat of violence and um, and basically trying to scare you into everything. You know, ISIS is gonna ISIS is gonna get you, Sean. They're in every state. The FBI says they're in every state. Better look out. They're gonna hit. Got to do something. Got to give the cops tanks and stuff. Have them be ready. And then you got to have them pull friends of mine over. That's cool. And a tank in Florida. That was awesome. Did you, did you know that guy? <laughs> yeah, Lucas and I had chatted a bunch when I was uh, working with uh, working with Adam. And, um, yeah, yeah. Lucas and I chatted a bunch. He was a, he was a really nice guy. That was when I was, you know, with Daryl and and Adam and that crew for a while. And then after Adam got, uh, his, um, his taste of what can happen if you, if you make the state look silly. Um, yeah, we kind of all just went our separate ways. A lot of us did. So, but anyway, let's, uh, let's talk about taxes now. Woohoo. All right. So, we have all entered National um, Servitude Day or Wage Slave Day or whatever you want to call it. Opt into the system day. Hold on, I gotta mute this. We have an advertisement, but I do want to pull this up and um, let's play. Um, let's play Spot the Con by the CBS. This is CBS this Saturday morning. I guess this was last week or something. So here we go. Let's spot the con, people. National Grown Tuesday is April fifteenth. And that, of course, and I will be giving commentary on this because a lot of this is not really. The White House reports the Obamas earned $481,000 last year. Look, Obama paid his fair share, Sean. In income taxes. It's an effective tax rate of about 20%, helped by the fact that the Obamas donated about $59,000 to charity. 
Also a first this season, same-sex couples who are married can now file joint federal returns. We want to take a closer look at the complexity of America's tax system. Kenneth C. Davis. Not the validity. Let's take a look at the complexity of it. This is the author of the popular Don't Know Much series history books and he joins us this morning. Hi Kenneth. Good morning. Always a pleasure although maybe less a pleasure on this subject. You know you're the only person to me that could make taxes seem interesting. <laughs> so let's just start with the history. I was surprised to see and but I think it's it, people just forget this starts with the Civil War. Well it really starts way before that if we think about the beginning of American history and taxes being tied in with the revolution. All, that. all right so let me let me explain where that came from. That was out of necessity for the for the people in the revolution to actually raise money they even went to the idea that they were going to go to a bank and develop a private bank which most of the settlers did develop private banks that s sent out loans to people to fight the revolution so this is already um i don't even know if this guy's a professor or what but he's got some glasses on sean so he's got to be legit that resistance to taxes on stamps and sugar uh, back there in the 1770s. So it, it goes back that far. 200 years, a little over 200 years ago, George Washington actually led troops into the field, the first and only time a president has led troops to put down a tax rebellion. Right. Those were the actual freedom fighters that didn't want to pay taxes on whiskey. The Whiskey Rebellion in 1794. So we've been fighting about this for a long time. The Civil War is the first income tax. There have always been taxes and tariffs which are uh, paid on, on things coming in or going out of the country. So 1862, to pay for the Civil War, Abraham Lincoln signs the first income tax into law. I hate to say it, 3% was the bottom, 5% was the top rate. Ouch. <laughs> I want to go back to... Mary said, signs it into law. Sean, did he say anything about the Constitution right there? Nope. <laughs> okay, just making sure. For that day. How do we come up with April 15th, Kenneth? April 15th is a, it's been a kind of a movable feast since the income tax was reintroduced. It was first on March uh, 1st, then they moved it back to March 15th, and then in 1955, I think, to April 15th. The ostensible reason was that uh, the tax system was getting big, there were more uh, returns to deal with, and the IRS needed more time to deal with those returns. Some people have suggested it's a way for the government to hold on to refunds. Uh, okay, you ready? You, uh, Sean, are you ready? Here comes, here comes the gold right here. Notice the phrasing that he uses. Are you ready? Everybody, put your, put your listening ears on. This is, this is beautiful. Hey, this is how you con the American people. Longer. A month longer, yeah. keeping that interest in the, the Federal Reserve rather than in your bank account. Right. Oh, in the Federal Reserve. In the Federal Reserve, like it's part of the government. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I got something for that one, too. Warning, warning, bullshit alert. Oh, yeah. So what do you think, <laughs> man? What do you think? That was, that was pretty true, right? In the, in the Federal Reserve. <laughs> Here we go. When did this actually become part of our Constitution, though? Ooh, the, the that's a good tax, question. Uh, the income tax was declared uh -oh. unconstitutional back in 1894, and they fought for about 15 years, another 15 years before it became part of the Constitution under Constitutional Amendment in 1913. The world had changed. America was now a global power. It needed a much more reliable, dependable source of income. And after a long... 
Oh, okay. as approved by the Congressional Act of on October 3rd, 1913. As approved, as provided by Act of Congress. Yeah, it doesn't say that it's constitutional. It just says it's an Act of Congress. Long fight. The income tax was made part of our Constitution. So there's been... Res- no. Eh, wrong answer. It has not been part of our Constitution. Resistance to this all along. It's always been, uh, don't tax him, don't tax me, tax the guy behind the tree. I mean, yeah. that's that's the uh, operating principle in Washington. Uh, and resistance certainly, uh, especially among those who seemingly are best able to pay. We're, we're having an argument today about taxing people at higher rates and taxing the rich mm-hmm. and this whole income inequality. That was the argument that was still being made back there at the turn of the century, the turn of the 20th century. Yeah, because yeah, the people that set up the freaking system screwed everybody else. Even people like Theodore Roosevelt were saying, there's so much wealth in this country and there's so much poverty. The income tax is the only way to do this in a just way. Once again, Sean, government is your only solution. Well, now that we've disclosed all of the president's tax information, has there ever been a president that didn't cough up the money? Well, the most notoriously, and it gets forgotten a little bit because of Watergate, but Richard Nixon had some tax trouble. He took uh, deductions that the IRS uh, deemed... Once again, not part of the government. ...were a little bit too aggressive, and he ended up paying a very hefty uh, fine and back taxes. And this was... All going on while Watergate itself was going on. So he donated his papers or something, right? Was that it? Was? It was. It had more to do with development of, of some property, but yes, some uh, the, uh, the uh, allowance for the uh, uh, contribution. So <laughs> was that fun for you, dude? Wasn't that fun? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, cutting through all the all the BS. Yeah, man, that's always interesting. Yeah, wasn't that fun to just get completely conned on national television? Listen, listen, guys, this is totally constitutional. I mean, you know, the Federal Reserve Act, you just keep it in the federal, you know, the reserves of the federal. What? The what now? Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not where your tax money goes. So, yeah, that's uh, that's some good stuff right there. I thought that was hilarious because I just Googled. I was like... I just said, um, history of the income tax, and I saw CBS News, and I was like, oh, man, this ought to be great. Like, how are you guys going to spin this one? But, uh, you know, cadence is everything, but let's not pay attention to cadence. Yeah, I mean, that's probably not too far off from what they're teaching in schools, man. The cadence was was unbelievable. So, anyway, let's let's see what we got left. Oh, we got 17 minutes left. Dang, that was quick. All right, so um, I got some interesting news for you, man. Uh, I'm going to read this little article here, and I want to get your take on it. So um, I don't know uh, how familiar you are with this kind of stuff, but um, but um, here's the government once again saying that they've got the solution for you. So um, lights out, city plans to um, cut off power of homes to adolescents that are accused of vandalism. City officials in Farmer City, Illinois, are considering to cut off electricity from families of juveniles accused of vandalism. Once again, um, this doesn't make any sense from a what? Lo- yeah, yeah, like, yeah, come what? on, man. Just hang with me, dude. I got you. This is going to be great. Uh, unlike many small towns, Farmer City controls its electricity. And the city manager, Larry Wooling, came up with the idea after 40 residents had their tires slashed. After we've tried everything, we'll cut you, we cut your power," said Wooling. 
a very small group of adolescents were seeing a lack of respect of authority, said Mike Jenkins told uh, C- WCIA3. That is really funny that those are the, the call letters for that. WCIA3, <laughs> a CBS affiliate in Champaign, Illinois. Jenkins believes the laws aren't enough to stop the problem, so collective punishment is the answer. The juveniles, the juvenile laws are very friendly to juveniles, and a lot of time, they don't have the teeth to make anything stick. With the juvenile court system, it's awfully hard to get stuff done. Yeah, because they're kids, douchebag. Like, <laughs> come on. The former city attorney is looking into a radical solution if it's um, to see if it's legal. Uh, no, it's not. Like, you can't punish Punishing me. Punishing f- the whole family for some stupid kid, like, slashing. No, that's crazy, man. Oh, dude, this is America, man. This is it. Prior to the investigation, the legality of the move, the city council approved the measure. So, once again, unelected bureaucrats, for all of you people that do believe in voting still, these douchebags would vote to have you t- have your power shut off if your kid went <laughs> and did something at somebody else's house. Ah, it's not up to you to police your children or anything like that. At the last city council meeting, our city manager asked to propose a policy that would allow us to deny power to households. Yeah, don't say cut off, just deny power to the households. Deny power. Yes, there you go. (laughs) Deny power to juveniles that had been caught vandalizing city property. Oh, it's city property. Oh, interesting. The city council did grant approval and began this legal conversation with our lawyers, Jennings writes on his Facebook page. We, uh, as a city, need to have a wide range of tools at our disposal to ensure that our citizens, families, and our property are protected. Um, I I don't even know what to say to that. So that that was a good one. What are your thoughts, man? That sounds like a, uh, a local mayor or whatever just running away with some power that he had. You know, they got they got their own electricity. I'm sitting here thinking, like this this is an old you know an old uh, mm-hmm. article from when they're making power out on the prairie with uh, the old you know wind the old windmills, man. Like right. until you mentioned the Facebook, I'm I'm sitting here thinking like this this is some different universe where i don't know this this nuts man like isn't our country in our to a whole family like what isn't our country just amazing now it's like everything has to be solved by somebody else nobody can solve or mediate their own problems we always have to have the third party or government step in to solve your problems hey here's an idea people if you catch the kids slashing tires i don't know Make him mow everybody's lawn or something. Don't shut off the power to everybody. I mean, come on. Make him go and do community service. Oh, my gosh. This is just bonkers. These people are going crazy. I don't even know what to say, man. That's ridiculous. All right, so we got um, 13 minutes left. Um, What could we get to next? Let's see what we got here in our little clips. All right. All right, so let's switch our... um, Let's switch our focus to two different topics. We're going to have a brief clip here on, um, this is on, hold on a second, this is on ISIS. Oh, no, 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 this this actually goes along with that. Oh, look at this. This wasn't even set up. So um, this came out a couple of weeks ago, man, so get ready. This is fun times. You ready? Your government in action, showing you what to do. 
think twice the next time you text or send an angry message or photo on social media. I feel like it's ridiculous because we were all guilty in the same offense. 26-year-old Kristen Holmes was just arrested, accused of harassment by computer. And I admit, I was childish harassment to argue as well. Computer. Everybody was arguing. Kristen says she was mistaken for another woman, so she posted this photo with the caption, I'll post a few actual pics of me so you know the difference when you, quote, come find me. Then words were exchanged that we can't say on TV. Ooh. What happened to freedom of speech? And it was just a picture. It wasn't a threat. And so the next time you go on Facebook, remember... Holmes admittedly posted ill-conceived things on Facebook and now faces a class one misdemeanor that could lead to a year in jail and up to a $2,500 fine. And there's no such thing as a petty crime. There's no such thing as a petty offense. Kevin Carroll with the Order of Police says, according to what? state code, using a computer listen, to send listen. vulgar or indecent language or to threaten illegal or moral acts could get you slapped with the same charge. You're arresting someone for using bad words? It's actually against the law to say it in public. Yeah, but that's not in public. Okay, curse and abuse. It's part of the disorderly conduct statute. If it's against the law to say it in the public, why wouldn't it be? It's, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have got a button for this one. I've got a button. Warning, warning, bullshit alert. Okay, that is not a law. It's a statute. You said it correctly the first time. A law is something that I have to obey. Is a statute is something written up by a bunch of bureaucratic bullshit. Against the law. They had someone through a computer. I thought it was a funny picture, and then I realized later that it was a little bit intimidating, so I took it down. But Holmes ended up in jail because someone shared the Facebook messages with police, who then took out warrants for her arrest. The real Stop. message here? Be careful what you put on the internet, because you can go to jail for it. No, don't be a citizen spy. That's the real <laughs> message, you freaking tards. Who goes to the cops? She sent a bad Facebook message to me. You need to arrest. Once again. Man, I couldn't have set that up any better. People going to the government to solve issues that you can solve by yourself. Or, hey, how about this? Uh, delete or remove yourself from the chat room. There's a novel yep. concept. <laughs> so what do you think of that, man? Dude, this is a free country, isn't it? Post some stuff on Facebook, have the cops show up, arrest you, throw you in jail for a year, fine you 500 bucks. Woohoo! I mean, I, there didn't even sound like there was any threats in there. So whoever that was that like snitched or whatever, that's just. I mean, you're you're on the other side of a screen. Like usually the uh, the I don't know the gap between when you type this and actually get up, get your keys, go get in your car to go drive and find this person. I'd think your anger would be. You know, it's not like you're standing there face to face and you're. I don't know. No, 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 you're, no, posts, you're, you know? you're, you're totally right, man, because when you, when you see what it is, it's, you, you see it for what it is. It's, it's complete nonsense. It's like, why would, like, who gives a crap? Like, okay, like you said, by the time you get your keys and get in the car, you're, uh, you're pretty much done. Like, all right, yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of crappy, yeah, whatever, so, yeah, just, just, here's an idea. Hey, everybody, let's be adults. How about that one? Yeah. All right. So here's another clip for you, man. We'll um, we'll um, we'll get this uh, we'll get this rolling for you. Um, okay. This is about ISIS. This is good. And um, yeah. So this is an interview that happened on uh, on PBS. And um, so we're gonna get the um, we're gonna get the magic, man. We're gonna have somebody finally tell us what it means to be self radicalized. Are you ready? Are you ready to find out what it means to be self-radicalized here in America? That's 
That sounds very interesting. All right, here we go. The defense is saying that Johar was following his brother Tamerlan, but unlike his brother, Johar was not a self All right, sorry, should have, I'm going to back this up. Should have prefaced this. This is about the um, the Boston bombing, the, the Zarnayev brothers, which, um, once again, they've got this video that shows him putting the backpack in, in the trash can, but nobody's ever seen it. They've all heard about it. You know, they've all they've all heard about this video, but nobody's nobody's ever seen it. It wasn't even admitted in court, so I mean obviously it was some really damning evidence if it didn't come out in court. So um so that's what they're discussing here. So here we go. The defense is saying that Johar was following his brother Tamerlan, but unlike his brother, Johar was not a self radicalized terrorist. What does the expression self radicalized mean? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what self-radicalized means, and that's that's one of the weird things about the way that we talk about terrorism. We don't uh, we talk about radicalization as though it were a thing, as though you could sort of track it and identify it, and that's not the case. And then we've added this other layer, which is self-radicalization. Originally, radicalization was supposed to mean that there was an organization that sort of took you through the stages. And then when it turned out that some people just came to terrorism by themselves, uh, this this new thing called self-radicalization showed up. No one knows what it means. Cut her off. Get her off the air. Get her off. She's ruining the narrative. (laughs) But isn't that the truth, man? Isn't that the truth? Oh, man. People. We use this word. No one knows what it means. See, that's how funny the media is here in America. It's like we make up terms, we use terms, we just put them out. Um, when I interviewed Ben Swan, he talked about The Wire and about how they would get all these wire stories that would come down and stuff like that. And um, it was it, it was hysterical. He's like, yeah, you just basically go up in front of the prompter, you read The Wire story, and, and I'm like, well, who writes it? And he's like, well, somebody, somewhere. Nobody knows. Nobody asks questions. It's just, all right, here's, here, here's what we're going over. Here, go for it. All right, yeah, you're you're giving the news. You're delivering. That's what they used to call it, delivering the news. You're not delivering the news. Right. You're delivering propaganda, man. <laughs> Welcome to the biggest empire the world has ever seen. Woohoo! With yeah, a, and the, the Wire is what's responsible for all those awesome clips that uh, used to be on, like, Daily Show or where, whatever, where they show, like, a million different, like, uh, local news stations doing the exact same story and the exact same wording. Like, yeah, it's priceless. Easter Bunny. Hold on a second. I'm going to find that for you. Easter Bunny uh, Media. Oh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh, I'm going to play it. I got a little... I'll just play a few minutes of it. In consumer news, economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. Economic factors may take some spring out of the Easter Bunny step this year. All right, so that's all I can deal with. But that's... uh, Yeah, that's exactly what you're talking about, man. It's the same... It's the same pitch, but hey... That's why we're different. That's why the show's different. Because, hey, I'm an individual with my own opinions. And you know what? Someday you can formulate your own opinions, and someday you might be right on yours as well. And it's not that we're trying to sit here and poo-poo everyone that watches mainstream media, but good Lord, people, can you please watch it with a sense of, like, uh, I don't know, um, thought? 
Like maybe yeah, Oscar- I know. I mean, if you look at it, it re- like in that way, it really comes quite like cartoonish, and I don't know. Oh yeah, it can be slightly entertaining from time to time. Oh, I agree, especially when you got people on there saying that. Oh, like this one. This was this was one of my uh, this was one of my all time favorites. I gotta find it. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry, guys. You're gonna hear some clicking in the background, but uh, let me see. Where is it? Uh, where where the uh, where the contributor to Fox News says we're really good at killing people. Yeah, we're killing a lot of them too. Yeah, hold on a second. Hold on. Da, 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 da. Oh man, can't find it, man. Sorry. Oh well. So anyway, we're gonna go to the last clip that I got for the show, and this will actually work out really well. Veterans Affairs. This uh, this came out a couple of weeks ago. So uh, once again, have them go fight wars for freedom that don't really exist. Uh, they're mainly just called wars of aggression. If you check out history books. Um, Wars of aggression or wars wars over materialistic things like oil or natural gas or natural gas pipelines or, you know, maybe some fake Ebola that shows up and you got to send 3,000 troops over there. So here we go. Thousands of U.S. veterans are still on long waiting lists for medical care a year after a scandal at the Department of Veterans Affairs. The Associated Press reported today the number of veterans waiting more than 30 to 60 days for an appointment has remained virtually unchanged. But cases delayed more than 90 days have nearly doubled. Oh, see, government just fixed it, dude. You got the old guy out. The government, new guy came in with the government. And he just fixed it. Everything's great. Life is good. All right, man. We got to, we got three minutes left here in the show. Anything you uh, you're working on? Uh, last final thoughts. Um, you got you got the floor, man. Let it rip. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, currently uh, I'm I'm in the preliminary stages of starting a uh, a uh, a uh, rally here for in Atlanta for like a smoke down prohibition type event in the same vein that they did in uh, Philadelphia. Hopefully. You know, I'm trying to get in contact with uh, Georgia Care and uh, Peace Street Normal and get some contacts there. But I, I want to, you know, plan a big civil disobedience kind of thing because, you know, I'm in a unique position working for family. That, and they're all, you know, pretty understanding of what, what I do and what I'm about. And uh, What, you're about you a, know, a, I, a plant that actually has medicinal purposes for people and can really, yeah, really help people? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty reasonable people, uh, considering they don't want to prohibit plants. So, you sound like um, an extremist. <laughs> so, yeah, right now I'm, I'm uh, trying to plan that, trying to get some good contacts. And uh, I know once we get some graphics out and, you know, I'm sure you'll help circulate some sure. stuff like that, but uh, absolutely. Yeah, and man. If, and if I'm you, really um, pumped about if you, uh, if you need a good attorney, I got I got a I got a good guy on standby for for that exact thing. Awesome. Yeah, and, uh, one, one of the one of the uh, things I'm gonna do straight off the bat is go go get some legal advice because uh, I, I have a good idea of what I'm getting myself into, you know. But uh, just you know, knowing what's exactly what's coming would be nice well i mean all of these things that we're we're trying to do whether it's you me or anybody else at least it's attempting to do something you know at the end of the day people you can't stay stagnant and then bitch about how the government sucks or about how all this other stuff sucks 
you know, you have to get out there and do something. And, um, you know, when I do my little handout on the um, on the steps of the courthouse, when I go and, and do my my piece to try to get people to understand their their duty as a juror, you know, even though I don't like the system that we're in, we have a lot of leverage as as individuals, as part of the system, as jurors, to not only judge the crime that's taking place, but but judge but judge the law itself. So right, yeah, exactly. So that's what we need to get to. Everybody, do a little bit here and there. Uh, as soon as you get that back up on the, um, as soon as you get that up and running, man, I'll be I'll be down for talking about it. I'll go out there and film it with you. I'll see if I can get Josh to come down and bring his camera. We'll do a little documentary film on it. So, Ten seconds. Yeah, we got That'd it be to, awesome, man. Yeah, we'll we'll get it together. So once again, thanks for listening, everybody. We're out of time. Remember, follow me on uh, Twitter. We are not cattle. The number one. Find me on Facebook. Like my Facebook page. We are not cattle. Um, that's it. Get a friend. Get informed. Get involved. And also remember, gather the information for yourself. Contemplate it. Cogitate over it. Formulate your own opinion. And someday. Who knows? You may be right. Thanks to my friend Sean for for jumping in. I don't know if you want me to release your last name, but we're just going to call you Sean for right now. But uh, thanks for my friend Sean for riding shotgun with me. Josh Wiley said he'll make the next podcast. So once again, everybody, it is not Jake is not cattle. It is not Sean is not cattle. It is all we are not cattle. So let's get out there. Let's make stuff happen. And once again, think like a free person and be a free person. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Sean, are you still there? Escladen 144.